Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, what a day it's been with semifinal number one locked and loaded after our first two matches of the quarterfinals provided us with plenty of entertainment here on Optusport today. Hello and welcome back to the Optus Sports Studio for our post-match review as Sweden has just slid its way through to the semi-finals against Spain, beating Japan 2-1 in the end. Jess McDonald, Tommy Sorensen and Kath Canuli join me, Amy Duggan, in the studio. And if you're listening, welcome to our Optus Sport Football podcast as well. What a massive day it's been. Can you believe we're this close to the end of the tournament? It's crazy. It's been an amazing tournament and the games are just going to get better and better. But massive heartbreak for Japan tonight. But credit to Sweden. They've done what they need to do to get the job done. Tommy, not the result we were expecting at the beginning of the game. We thought if Japan could keep the ball and keep out of that physical battle, they would come out winners. But in the end, it was the aerial prowess and the amazing strength of Sweden that got them there. Yeah, and no, I think just the way they started, they were on the front foot. Uh, you know, they closed uh, Japan down. They couldn't get their passing, couldn't get out of their own half, and they didn't have a shot on target uh, at all in the first half. So, you know, it's all credit to, to Sweden. You know, we, we talk so much about Japan, and they have been brilliant. But today, especially the start of the game, uh, and that's what got them to the victory, Sweden were by far the best team. Well, Jess, Japan came into this as almost the untouched side, 14 goals for, none against, uh, slid through, you know, the group stage, did it, did it fairly easy uh, in the round of 16, and we thought they would march their way through to the semis. But Sweden had other ideas, especially after knocking off the USA. Absolutely. And one thing I said at the beginning of this tournament, one, one thing I did realise, I was like, look... FIFA rankings mean absolutely nothing. You never know what's going to happen in any of the, these games. You can predict whatever you want, but all of these games have been absolutely unpredictable. But the Swedish side beating number one team, ranked number one team, USA, last game, you know, they kind of left their mark. They move on to Japan. They gained some confidence, I mean, against probably the best and most consistent team throughout this tournament. So hats off to Sweden, honestly, because we've seen the best, you know, played like game of soccer from from the Swedish side so far this this tournament. They were certainly unified after that win and they put it out there on the park today. Kath, we talked about Amanda Illestat before this, Sweden's top goal scorer at this tournament. It was her again in a goal box scramble that managed to find the back of the net. It was. She just stays in those areas. She just hovers around and just waits for a moment. And she, I think at the moment in this tournament, everything she touches just turns to gold. And she's in the right place at the right time. And to have a leading goal scorer as a defender is unbelievable. Half an hour it took, Tommy, but you normally expect, you know, uh, Aslani or Blackstenius or Rolfo to be the name on the score sheet, not Illustat. Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, plenty of goals have come from set plays and it just shows the strength that they have. And it was coming for Japan. You know, they, the, the Sweden were knocking. Blackstenius had a, a chance early on as well. You know, they hit the post. Uh, you know, Yamashita had a massive save that just, you know, could have 
finish the game in that first half. And yeah, Sweden, well-deserved and Illestad uh, revelation, I think, uh, in this World Cup. Sweden definitely dominated the first half and uh, the Japanese coach would have had some pretty firm words with his side at halftime, Jess. But it wasn't enough, was it? Because it was Sweden that doubled the advantage through a penalty. Yeah, I, I think Japan had their fair share of opportunities. I mean, the, the penalty was just unfortunate for them. I mean, if you ask me, Tom and I were just talking about it earlier, this is a natural posi body position, but, you know, nothing she could do about it in this moment. So, honestly, very good finish. Very much so a world-class penalty kick taken. I mean, take a bow, honestly, because as we have seen throughout this entire tournament, PKs are not that easy to take. So, I mean, well done to finish this off. Yeah, Philippa Angledahl, perfect technique into the side netting of the goal. Knowles, it doesn't get much simpler than that. It's nice and simple. That's all she needed. But to be honest, what is a penalty and what is not these days? Honestly, even the other penalty for, for Japan was super soft. But... Look, credit to, to Engadal, she, take, she took that very, very well. Well, speaking of which, let's take a look at that other penalty to Japan. Didn't find the back of the net, but was it a pen in the first place? You know, the more I see it, and, you know, from this angle, it could be a clip, but there's, a, there's an even better angle where you can see it's, if there is, it might be a little tuck of the shirt, but she actually here clips herself and just falls down. And I, I was surprised because the first one got looked at by the referee. I'm surprised that the referee doesn't, you know, you know, get called to the screen to look at this one. But Japan didn't take their chances. And like you said, Jess, the penalties are not easy. Jess and Knowles are both strikers, so I'm going to get your feet in here. When you feel the touch, do you go down? 100%. No. Of course not. <laughs> I can't. I'm a little older, first and foremost, because it takes a lot of energy to get back up. And secondly, I do what I can to stay up because I am, you know, a, a big force on the field. Naturally, I am one of the taller players and having my stature on a football field referees 90% of the time are not going to call that for me. I, I can guarantee you that. And very I'm diplomatic. not going to go down. Very mm -hmm. I remember my dad saying to me, as soon as you feel that touch in the box, go down. That's the Italian. Must be Italian so thing. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an Italian thing. Uh, of course, the penalty wasn't converted hitting the crossbar. Hitting the goalkeeper and not quite going across the line. What about this free kick, though, Tom? Oh, from Fugino. Now, she's been a superb player, 19 years old. But here, you know, sometimes you need a bit of luck. It hits the head and hits the post, and I would say nine out of 10, it goes into the back of the net. And, the, you know, in these final moments, the luck was just not with Japan. And at least here, they get a bit of a gift. Uh, you know, bad defending, can't get her foot right. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't enough. Nothing fell for Japan tonight. They had no luck on their side. They, were, oh, they, that, they, that, they finally yeah. got that equal, <laughs> the, the goal back. But, you know, I just felt really sorry for them because everything that they sort of tried to go forward with, they had chances, but they just weren't clinical. They enough. weren't on target. They weren't, you know, firm enough. But Japan really did take it to them in the last 15 minutes, definitely the last 10 minutes of this game. Ten shots on target, chances that just couldn't get there. The goal that we saw, uh, which was the first goal um, for Japan in this match, but also Hayashi's first goal for Japan as well. Ultimately, though... Not being able to take your chances is what costs you. The missed penalty and the missed chances. What did open the door was the tired Swedish legs. You can tell they played 120 minutes. Of course you could. And you could also understand in the first half, they worked so well together. Again, we spoke about how they were working collectively. They were closing, uh, blocking passing lanes as well. They were staying as a unit. They were really staying super, super disciplined. And that's not easy to do, especially across the 90 minutes. 
uh, the Swedish coach Hudson tried to make some changes, but then they sort of sat back a little bit and allowed Japan to actually go at them more, which sometimes it can counteract what you're trying to do. To tr- you sometimes need to keep your game plan. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, when Japan look at this, I think they'll see psychologically the way they started. They probably had too much respect for, for Sweden because of the history. Um, and, and, you know, those first 60 minutes... That, that, that eventually cost them because, yeah, they were the better and they forced a lot of pressure on uh, and they missed a couple of chances, but ultimately they started way too slow. Well, let's talk about some of their players that didn't step up tonight because before the game we were all over Miyasawa and her goal-scoring ability and how wonderful she's been. Tanaka was missing in action tonight. Where did Japan fall over here? I think the experience plays a big part from this Swedish team, there's 15 players that played in the last World Cup. A lot of these Japanese girls are coming into their first World Cup. It's the first big moment, first big match. You need to be able to manage moments. We talk about the psychological side of football. And sometimes when you don't have that freedom of play like they did in the previous games, psychologically, it's nothing's working for you. So it becomes hard to break down. We could see when they came out in the second half, they had time to settle, go in, game plan, and away they went. They did look rushed, Jess, and under pressure and not the cool, calm, composed side that we've come to expect in this World Cup. Yeah, this is the first team. This Swedish side was the first team throughout this tournament who's really tested Japan, and this is the first time they haven't had that freedom. So they're under a different type of pressure than they have been, you know, up until today. And so I I have to give credit to Sweden, obviously, swarming the ball basically because that just took away a lot of Japan's um, you know good side I guess uh, there's I'm, I'm yeah. blanking right now <laughs> sorry but I would say like if take the negative aside like how exciting is it for the future of Japanese football because as you said a lot of these players have come through they're on the 20s uh, won the world championships now first world cup they'll learn from this and they'll only get better where the Swedish side, a lot of them will probably play their last World Cup. So that's the difference. Uh, and, and they could be favourites for the next one. Well, is this, a, is this a positive end for Japan? I know it's sad to go out, but have they overachieved? Have they achieved where they should be? Uh, or have they underachieved? Well, I think it's a positive because no one it was even talking about this team leading into this World Cup. We all know that they were in a bit of a, a rebuild, a new generation that was coming through. You know, there's a lot of players in there that's got a lot of quality. And like Thomas was just touching on, this is a great building. This is a great foundation. We know that when you've got good foundations like the Japanese have, they've got a massive plan in place. It's not something that happened overnight, but this is something that they could build towards. And I think where they ended, yes, it's disappointing because we've seen what they can do, but they need to be super proud of their achievements and, and where they got to with such a young team as well. I think ultimately finding themselves behind the way that they did, that made it very, very hard to get back into it. But they missed out with the non-conversion of chances. And I think it could have been a very different story had that penalty uh, gone in and then they converted a couple of those chances. All right, well, well done, Japan, but goodbye to Japan at the same time because it is the Swedes that march on to the semi-finals. And here is our Kia inspirational moment as the Swedes get into their fifth semi-final in nine Women's World Cups. It is a player receiving boots. Just listen to this for just a second. Oh my God! Absolutely epic. Have you ever thought that receiving a piece of kit from a player could cause, I think that's happy screams. I hope that's happy screams. 
Absolutely. This is a moment that this child's going to remember forever for the rest of his life. So that that says a lot. And and it's amazing to see that it's a little boy, obviously being a huge fan of, of women's football. And his reaction is honestly just cherry on top. But I think that's been one of the great things, the interaction at every game. Every game I've been at, the players always go out to the fans. So, so there's a connection. And, you know, this is like just topping it off, you know, to see that, uh, you know, I can go back to my childhood and just getting autographs, you know, that, well, that's another the, level. <laughs> whether the boots fit or not, Kath, they will be a prized possession and inspire for the future. It will be, and it's such a beautiful sight to see. I, I was one of those young kids being crazy, trying to get stuff off the players. If anyone knows the old days at Marconi, I used to hammer those guys every day at she's training. Ba- she's banned from going for, back. Yeah, for a ball or a jersey or a pair of boots. And I used to keep it on. And look, it's such a beautiful moment. And this is what football's all about. And this is why our game is the best game, because this is what it can bring to not only kids, but also adults and everybody around the world. Accessible and inspiring at the same time. Well wrapped up, Kath Canoli. All right, let's head down to Michelle Escobar because she is amongst some very happy Swedish fans at the Sydney Fan Zone. Hi, Michelle. I've got some very, very exciting Swedish fans with me. They are over the moon. How happy are you? Oh, just look at us. We're extremely happy. I think the Swedish girls were playing so well today. Musa with you was a fortunate You were a little bit nervous in the end, weren't you? Well, maybe the last 10 minutes, the worst 10 minutes of my life, but I I believed in us, I believed in the Swedish team, and they really showed us how good we are. How are you going to celebrate tonight? With a bit of ABBA? Uh, definitely a lot of ABBA, and maybe some Avicii as well, celebrate the good ones, and just having a good time with the Swedish friends. Oh, I'll let you get to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It will be a wonderful Friday night out in Sydney if you're Swedish, that is for sure. Well, who does Sweden face? Well, they're facing Spain after a massive match that went into extra time earlier today. Let's go to Adriano and Paul Eiffel for a recap. Well, what a spectacle we were treated to here in Wellington, the final game at this venue for the World Cup. Spain to Netherlands won in extra time. Pareo, the hero with the winner. Van der Graat, she gave away a penalty and then scored 91st minute equaliser. This match, Paul, had it all. Action packed, action packed. So happy to be here to see it live. Um, end-to-end stuff. Spain were the worthy winners just about in the end. A really special game. Netherlands go out, Spain through. The celebrations have been immense. A crowd was immense as well. A couple of key talking points from the match though. Vilde, the Spain boss, a couple of tactical Question marks in the match. Puteas was left off for a long time. Bonmati was taken off a few minutes before that late equaliser, but his substitute popped up with the winner. Yeah, look, I thought he got it wrong. I thought he got it wrong, taking Bonmati off. Bang, equaliser, and you're looking, oh, this could, how are they going to get their creativity in the sort of second part of that last 15 minutes? Unbelievable finish. He got it, absolutely, gets it right. What a player. Gets it right. Yeah, I was, I was, I was shouting, go yourself, go yourself. <laughs> and, and she did. 
put it in off the post. It's a fantastic finish. Loads of composure when you needed it. He was shouting. She heard. She scored. Great <laughs> finish. Again, the Netherlands, they go out, but Bettencine up top. What a performance. Did not stop trying and so unlucky not to come away with the goal. She was fantastic. Running right into the last minute. She had a chance to score just before it went up the other end. That's, that's football for you. You've got to put those chances away. Feel for her because she was brilliant tonight. That's it. Full-time Spain 2. Netherlands 1. Spain through to the semi-finals of a FIFA Women's World Cup for the first time in history. Thank you, Adriano. Thank you, Paul. And there it is, the road to the final with one side almost full. As you can see, Spain taking on Sweden on the left-hand side. And tomorrow, tomorrow we look at Australia, France, England, Colombia. But I do just want to pick up on that semi-final between Spain and Sweden because that is just tantalising to even think of, Jess. Yes, I'm super excited for these two European sides. Just two different types of football being played against one another. They're both very hungry. They both played very well coming into the semifinals. So I think it's going to be a great clash between these two teams. Does that change how you think about things if you find out that Sweden have never lost to Spain? <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, you know, Spain has never been in this position before. So I think for, for them, what a great achievement. And I think, you know, the Spanish football has come so far in such a short time. So, that, you know, they'll, they'll be very confident going into this one. The Spain of today is not the Spain of what we've seen no, 10, sure. 15 years ago as well. They've, you know, put their mark on, on women's football. They've started to invest into their competition. You can see Barcelona's won multiple Champions Leagues. Real Madrid's right behind them. And you can see the quality of these two major squads, which is basically the, the Spanish international team. And you can see what qualities these players have. And there's some unbelievable players in that team. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, welcome back to our post-match review of the Women's World Cup. We have seen semi-final one decided. It will be Sweden and Spain. And then tomorrow, two massive games to decide who will make the other semi-final. You see La Bleu there. I hope they La Bleu tomorrow when Australia plays against them. Our coverage of that match coming to you from 4pm. Caitlin Ford pumping fist in the air after her last goal. Will we see another one? Australia can do this. Kath Canulli, Tommy Sorensen and Jess McDonald. You've got to be on the Aussie bus now, Jess. Yeah, I'm adopted Aussie. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, I'm, I'm super excited for this Matilda side because this has been a very historical run for them coming into this World Cup, especially being a host nation. So you can't do anything but be proud for this Matilda side, no matter where you're from. But to be honest, France is a very good team. They're very difficult to play against, and I think it's going to be a very good test for this Matilda side. I'm probably very biased because we've never <laughs> lost to France on home soil. Our record against them sits in our direction, Tommy. But this type of game will suit us as well because France likes to hold the ball and we're a transition team. Yeah, no, similar to, to the Denmark game. You know, you can sit back and you can hit, uh, you know, this France team you know, definitely on the counter-attack. Renard, I don't think she's as quick as she, she has been. Um, and then, you know, you've got the crowd behind. You know, that, that's uh, another X factor that you can take uh, and, and use. And I'm sure the Matillas will feed off it and, and it'll come with great energy and then anything can happen. 
a home World Cup makes it so special and having the crowd behind you, having them as a fourth man, it's been a massive thing for Matildas and we know we thrive on that. You've seen it especially in the last two games. I think, to be honest, if we bring the, the energy that we had against uh, our game against Canada, I think the Aussies can really go all the way. They just need to have that energy, have that fight and to bring off the bench, hopefully someone like the likes of Sam Kerr, it's going to be a great matchup. From what we heard earlier today, Tony Gustafsson was inkling towards the fact that Sam Kerr may not start this match but may play longer and he was going to hold it back in case it goes to extra time and penalties. But you have to take some uh, confidence from the fact that we beat this French side a month ago. Yeah, of course. You know, and that's something you can you can see what worked, what didn't work, and and they know the players. You know, they're, they're, there's no surprises. Diani, Le Sommer, you know, the, the, you know, Dali on, on the left hand side. There's so many good players in this France team, but you know, that that is well, you know, the, the Matildas know that, so they, uh, you know, they've got a game plan already, and you know, just execute. Absolutely, and I think with. The Matildas defending, everybody getting behind the ball is going to be so key for them going into this game. And I would like to see the tra- the offensive transition going forward. I mean, Amy or the uh, Fowler or Mary Fowler, excuse me, Mary Fowler's assist to Caitlin Ford last game. I, I see one of those plays being handled. Two words I need from you. How will Australia play tomorrow? They're going to be on the front foot. They're going to go hard. I thought you were going to say very good. That's what I was waiting for. All right, well, we've had a very good day here in the Optus Sports Studio. Two cracking games have wrapped up. Semi-final one is decided. Of course, we've had Japan and the Netherlands out. We do know there will be a new winner of this Women's World Cup. We will look forward to Spain and Sweden facing off, but more importantly, France and the Aussies tomorrow. Cannot wait for that one. Thanks to your company here on Optus Sport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.